Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, Geekscapists? Welcome to a brand new Geekscape. Sorry, I kind of came out of the shoot a little crazy there, and I stumbled over my own words, as if I've never done this before. Uh, welcome to a brand new Geekscape. We're going to be talking a lot of Star Wars today, so if you're looking for Geekscape, that's kind of what you'd expect us to talk some movies, video games, comics, some science fiction, and does it get any better than Star Wars? Well, I'm one of the those fans who grew up on it. I had the sheets, the posters, the comics. I mean, Star Wars really got me into comics. Those Star Wars comics that uh, Dark Horse started publishing early in the 90s when they got that license was really my stuff. And then uh, Dark Horse took out, like they, they, they got like that Archie Goodwin stuff from the from the newspaper prints that was supposed to carry fans over from um, episode four into episode five. And, I, and, and to me, that is like the canon between a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back is like those newspaper strips. Um, but so Star Wars was really my thing. And that really went into like the prequels. And then like sitting there watching episode one, things got a little shaky for me as a fan and it hurt. Uh, but uh, a lot of you guys are huge Star Wars fans and Star Wars has never been stronger than it is today. And obviously with something like the Mandalorian, uh, it, it feels like uh, there's Star Wars for everybody. Right. If you like cartoons, there's Star Wars. If you want video games, there's Star Wars. Never before has there been Star Wars for everybody. So I've got my friends on the show today to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> we got to talk about it because there's some really awesome stuff coming up and happening. And and I want to talk about these things. So I've invited my friend Yehudi Mercado. He's a comic book artist and uh, and cartoonist and creator, independent uh, uh, comic book guy, and he's made some awesome stuff. Uh, I think you're going to be hearing some awesome news regarding Yehudi in the coming months. Um, but he is, uh, he's been a longtime friend. And when we're talking about longtime friends on Geekscape, uh, it doesn't get any better than Barbara and Bryant Dillon. Um, they're from Fanbase Press, and they've been our friends since before Fanbase Press. Back, back when it was like, I, I think it was 
fanboy comics. Uh, no, was it fanboy comics? I don't know. The truth is, you don't need to know that stuff because it's fan-based press. It will always be fan-based press from now. Like, it's all-encompassing now. It's about the fan base, not about the fanboys, which is perfect for a conversation about Star Wars because, like, we're all trying to stay positive, but sometimes the fanboys get the better of us. Um, how are you guys doing? Are you guys staying positive in the holes where you're quarantined right now during the pandemic? If you're a podcast listener, um, I hope you're doing well. I'm not able to see your comments, uh, but if you're watching on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook, you guys can leave comments right there, and we'll throw them up on the uh, on the screen, and we'll address them. We'll talk to you guys. You guys are a part of the show. If you're a podcast listener, just send me an email, jonathanandgeekscape.net. Uh, let me know how the audio is. I've been working with this microphone and the setup here on StreamYard, and I'm not loving the compression on my microphone. Uh, it's funny. My guests have been sounding okay here and there, depending on what equipment they're using, but I have not found a satisfactory setup for my mic where when I download the audio and I put it into the cleanup mode to get it out on the podcast feed, it doesn't sound like I'm either uh, compressed or underwater and all that. So I think that's just the theme for what we're living through is a little bit of underwater. Emotionally, I've been a little bit underwater. I'm going through uh, a bit of reflection. Are you guys taking the time during the pandemic to reflect a little bit? I mean, what else we got going on? It might be a good time to make, you know, maybe take inventory of what's going on inside and what's going on outside. Uh, I'm broadcasting this from, oh, Heidi's bedroom, the Dweeb Darling Studio. <laughs> no, that is, I did not put that on the wall behind me, the the the, the fairies and the, the butterfly art. That's not me. If I move in, that stuff's coming right off the wall. Just kidding. That's probably staying as if I make the rules around here. Um, but I have been going back to my uh, apartment. I still have an apartment. And I've been spending time there kind of making some transitional changes, taking inventory of the things that I still own, uh, the things that I need to get rid of. Everybody, I think, is now quarantining amongst all their stuff and thinking about, like, oh, do I really need this? <laughs> I really just need food and Animal Crossing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why do I own all these things? Uh, so I've been going through all my old things and kind of uh, just figuring out, like, what I need to keep, what I need to get rid of, because I think we're all going to be feeling a little more pared down after this pandemic. I think that, that hopefully we've had a little bit of time for some introspection. And I've been kind of emotionally reeling a little bit the last uh, couple days, uh, I've been staying positive, staying pr productive, but I mean, five years ago, I had a totally different life. And you guys were there for the ride. If you guys are longtime Geekscapists, I mean, you've seen me date, you've seen me get engaged, you've seen me get married, you've seen me get divorced, you've seen me date again, <laughs> you've seen me uh, start broadcasting from a girlfriend's uh, like bedroom. Uh, you guys have kind of seen the very kind of uh, uh, swift changes that life can throw at you. And I was really feeling it. Uh, last night, today, I was going through like all my old stuff, a lot of the geek stuff I might be giving you guys. I might be doing like a Geekscape giveaway where <laughs> suddenly I'm like, hey, who wants this stuff? I'll mail it to you. Um, so be looking for that because I know I don't need all of that. Um, and I found myself uh, going through like all of the uh, letters and things from you guys. I mean, I've got things that I was finding from the early years of Geekscape, letters from you or photos from Comic-Con 
in the mid 2000s. And obviously uh, things from positive moments in my marriage and like that fell apart like a couple of years ago and that was a whirlwind and just taking inventory of all that stuff and being like, hey, do I still need these things? But I mean, really without that stuff, like what do you got? So nobody knows that better than geeks do because we love collecting things. We love having our video games, you know, downloading video games is one thing, but like we like having the, 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 the boxes so we can kind of like remember them up on the shelf or uh, who has a DVD or Blu-ray collection, right? Netflix doesn't really cut it when you want to like show off your tastes and obviously all the good geeks have an awesome book in comic book collection. Even if you're just collecting graphic novels, you got to have them on display. You put them on a shelf and that's your history, right? That's kind of like what makes you who you are. And I know that whenever I enter uh, somebody's house, that's like immediately what I, I kind of look at. I'm like, all right, let me get a gauge on what kind of geek they are. Like, are they into Star Trek? Or uh, maybe they're into like uh, Neil Gaiman or <laughs> they, they, they read a lot of comics or maybe they're gamers and they play tabletop, but not video games. Uh, this is stuff that we hold on to because it's important. We identify with it. And I'm hoping that if you're listening to Geekscape or watching, that you identify as well. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Sorry, I went down a little bit of an emotional rabbit hole with you guys, a little bit of nostalgia, but it's my show. <laughs> and those are the things that I've been feeling. And I definitely don't want you guys to feel like you can't be real with me and share your feelings as well. It's kind of why we built this thing. Didn't want to be fake. Kind of wanted to keep it real. Wanted to make sure you guys had a safe space. Maybe you're quarantining by yourself and you just need to talk to somebody. Well, here we go. This is the outlet. Let's do this. We're doing several Geekscapes a week. Maybe you caught the horror movie night guys doing the Tuesday night slot up here on the channels and watch them live. They're crazy. I think they're funny. They taught me that Funko Pops are basically the new Beanie Baby. I hadn't thought about things that way, but you know what? They got a point. If you're collecting Funko Pops right now, just remember... It is the modern day Beanie, Beanie Baby. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's kind of true. Um, let me take a look at the comments. And uh, while we maybe address some of these uh, comments, uh, I will go ahead and um, uh, bring in my guests. Uh, real quick, Richto from YouTube says, I miss your large Van Damme poster. Don't worry, Richto. Uh, as I just said, I'm doing a little bit of moving trying to figure things out, living situation-wise. I, I know what's going to happen. We're just waiting for a quarantine to lift uh, and things like that. But uh, the Van Damme poster is coming back. Don't worry. I know exactly where the giant Van Damme poster is. You're going to see it. Who knows? Start tweeting at him. Maybe Van Damme will come on the show. Uh, let's see. Uh, Raven Russell says, are the comments working today? They seem to. Sorry about that last show. Some of the comments worked. Some of them didn't. I don't know how that works. Uh, I saw the comments after I stopped broadcasting, but during the show, not so good. Uh, Raymond Russell says, I've watched Mandalorian, working through the new Clone Wars, and watched the, watching the original trilogy with my son for his first Star Wars experience. I think that's awesome. Star Wars is just going to be one of those things that's going to be ongoing, and everyone's going to have like their Star Wars, right? Like Kids were a bit younger than me. The prequels were their Star Wars. That's awesome. If you don't think that's awesome and you come in and say, well, actually, you're kind of an asshole. Don't take that from anybody. And you know what? I've been guilty of it because no one was more hurt than I was. 
but uh, we're going to talk about what uh, Dave Filoni said recently about that Duel of Fate scene. Have you guys seen that uh, conversation he had with the directors for Mandalorian Season 1? Uh, you can find it on YouTube. And, man, it's the first time I heard the, him talk. I mean, it's the first time I, I like, listening to him talk, I was like, oh, Duel of the Fates? I got to go back and watch that. I remember it being my favorite part of Episode 1. But, uh, you know, not thinking about it in the context that Dave Filoni talked about it. We're definitely going to talk to that talk about his comments with my guests um let's take a look uh rick though on youtube says i've had no problem dealing with the pandemic with the pandemic i've been i've started drinking my own urine nature's vaccine <laughs> other than that no big deal hey i'm not going to shame you for drinking your own urine if you guys have watched the geekscape co-produced doc of the dead documentary which is probably on a streaming service somewhere it's definitely on epics because they paid for it you know that i went and talked to a bunch of survivalists and they were all like, man, when the big one happens, you got to be able to survive. And the number one thing is clean drinking water. And all these survivalists, these prepper dudes, kept trying to sell me on the, uh, the, the water filter. And they were like, you can put this in nuclear waste, and then you can drink the water. It'll be totally safe. You can put this in a radiated stream or after a chemical attack. You can put this in your faucet. All I cared about was whether or not I could pee into the thing and then drink it. So obviously in the documentary... I peed into the thing and I drank it. <laughs> uh, let's see what's going on here. Uh, whoa. Uh, David Heath, my brother-in-law says quit outing us that he's definitely a tabletop geek, but I wouldn't say that he's a hoarder and you know what? Tabletop geeks are very cool these days. And you know what? To me and geeks gave us, they've always been cool. They knew what was up. You know, uh, they're the, they're the geeks who geeked together. While you went off and like played your comic book or your video game in the like by yourself, the the gamer geeks who were like tabletop and like they knew it was a social thing. They were doing social before any of us were. So big shout outs to anybody who was a tabletop geek throughout the 80s and 90s when it wasn't cool. And shout out to you if you're a tabletop geek now, because hey, it's awesome. Uh let's see. Um, I'm going to get through these last few comments, and then I'm going to uh, throw it up. Daniel Camposano over there in Long Island says, I had to take a Star Wars break, but I'm ready for more. Yeah, if you finished this last season of The Clone Wars, the final season of The Clone Wars, uh, then I think you, you like it's a forced break. <laughs> what else are you going to get? You're going to get Mandalorian Season 2. We're going to talk about that. Uh, all right, here we go. I'm going to bring in my guests. We're going to talk Star Wars. But I also want them to talk about their own stuff because you should be checking them out. They're amazing creators. Uh, they've been doing it a long time, and uh, they're a lot better at it than I am. I can sit here on the internet and talk about stuff. That's my talent. Uh, let's bring them in. This is my buddy Yehudi Mercado. Yehudi, like, how do we how do we meet, dude? We met, uh, from we knew people back in Austin. Like that's right, the same people. Yeah, Corey Coleman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they were like, you yeah. got to know my friend Yehudi. He's the only other Hispanic geek that I know. <laughs> but you got talent, yeah. man. You can write, and then you can take those ideas, and you can draw them. Like, you, you're like a multiple threat. That's you know right. what I mean? I'm very I threatening, to, yes. That's I have to convince somebody <laughs> to put my stupid ideas to form. You can actually, like, take a pencil and just put it out there. That's what, yeah. I definitely, being able to draw and write and, like, mm -hmm. um, pitching stuff and then getting rejected and then basically, like, <laughs> Taking that rejection and saying, like, I'm going to do it myself anyway, like, that's definitely helped my career for sure. 
Well, listen, I mean, listen, don't start bragging, all right, pal? <laughs> like, listen, like I the mean, resilience, yeah. the resilience is maybe yeah. like the biggest tool that you need, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and, the and, and obstinance, never giving up. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have that as much as I just have like a intense naivety where I'm like, oh, they rejected it because I keep knocking on the door. Yeah. <laughs> like I just I just don't know when to quit. I think yeah, it's don't take kidding. the hint. That's the okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Okay. That's the number one rule. Yeah. <laughs> so that's you, hoodie. I also want to uh welcome, I mentioned them in the intro to the show, but our good friends at Fanbase Press. This is Bright and Barbara. They're hanging out, they're quarantining together. How you guys doing? You guys doing right? Doing yeah, good. Excited to be talking to you guys and the Geekscapists. Yeah. Well, what's going on? Because you guys are publishers. You guys do the editing. You guys do the production of comics. But not just that. You guys have been doing podcasting and making like live radio dramas and things like that. Like, there's a lot going on at Fanbase Press going back ten years. You guys have just celebrated your ten year anniversary. Yes. And you guys have like a super cool promotion along with it. You could get like a cool pin to show that you were part of the fan base like cult way back when. <laughs> Isn't that right? Didn't you guys think it's like, true? That? That's right. Yes, absolutely. So Fanbase Press is, uh, as Jonathan said, not only a comic book publishing company, but we're a, a geek culture site, much like Geekscape, and that we have a, a wonderful staff all across the country that does daily reviews, interviews, and podcasts to support other creators of all kinds, not just comics, but gaming, theater, movies, TV, absolutely everything. So we want everyone to have, uh, as you do here, a safe space to support one another, to give voice to other creators, and for everyone to be able to, to share their story. You see what you see why we get along, guys. You guys see like why we get along. You got your hoodie. He's got like artistic talent. He can put it together. We got some brains of the operations over there in Brighton Barbara. They can actually publish them. And then me, I can just talk a lot about it. <laughs> I can just That's be like an important part of it though. So. Sure it is. It's it a is. skill. Yes. Well, Check what's interesting is uh, I, I'm I'm at my 10 year also. Like I self-published Buffalo Speedway 10 years ago. That's awesome. Congrats, yeah. Buddy. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy how like yeah, just time flies. Yeah, and highly recommend Buffalo Speedway yes. to the Geek Escapists. It's I, I, fantastic. I, that's the first Thanks. thing I read of yours, Yehudi, and you were signing it at the Geekscape booth at Comic Con, and we were talking about Austin, and it was about you, like your time delivering pizzas in uh, in Houston. Yeah, and yeah. I and, and I remember reading this thing and thinking it was like. A Richard Linklater meets Scott Pilgrim type of like vibe, right? Like it had that like yeah. real legit local voice to like Central Texas, and then it also had like this dynamic, energetic, crazy cartoon feel like you get from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. And I love Buffalo Speedway. Is that something that we can pick up on like your store? Is that yeah, available? Yeah. It's available on my store. Yeah, like a sure. digital version or like you guys? Uh, yeah, it's still available. It? I think it's uh. Ch- you can get it's definitely on Comicsology, like the whole book, and I think they're they're offering like the first volume free in some upcoming promotion. Okay, I think, I think that's about to happen, and then you can buy the physical copy at my store. Okay, yeah. Yeah. what I like about you guys is like both of you are so prolific. Like Fanbase Press is just constantly <laughs> churning stuff out, and then I look yeah. up and Yehudi, like you have a new book every month. <laughs> I, like I can't with you because. <laughs> You know, yeah. what's insane is 
every like I'm kind of glad Comic Con didn't happen this summer because <laughs> this is what happens. I go, hey, like Yehudi, do you want to come and sign at the booth? And he shows up and he's got like three new books. And he's like, oh yeah, this is what I did in September. And I'm like, what the yeah. f- what? <laughs> it's embarrassing to me as somebody yeah. who's a creator to be like, oh yeah, this is what I worked on for the last three years. And Yehudi's like, oh yeah, this is what I worked on the last three minutes. <laughs> and, it's more uh, of a sickness. And, it's a compulsion. <laughs> Yehudi's like, oh, you wouldn't have a square reader, would you? Because yeah, I would have yeah. fell the thing that I just made during my lunch break. Right, yeah. And I'm like, what the what? Back in the hotel, I made another comic. <laughs> Yeah. Just stop it. And then Barbara and Brian are like, hey, uh, can you introduce this to somebody? Because we want them to write the intro to this graphic novel that we put out this month. Uh, you know, because, the, oh, no, that was last month that we put out that other one. No, we just, we just keep churning it around, and it's fine. I'm glad that you, both Brian and Barbara are on camera, because I either only talk to one of them at a time, and I have to I, I hate that while I'm talking to one of them. The other one is like, running in a hamster wheel trying to yeah. keep things going because it's, it's like the supreme like, court they're not allowed to be in the same place right? exactly yeah, exactly right. yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i've made my point that as a creator you guys are embarrassing me <laughs> enough of it i didn't just watch this is this is an intervention we all came together yes. like, right you you have paved the way for yeah. us jonathan serious and in all sincerity yeah. you have you have paved the way for us <laughs> uh you remember shell server scene where the sidewalk ends uh, if I'm paving that sidewalk, <laughs> it's an abrupt cliff. Yeah. All right. So it just ended like, a long time ago. Yeah. If you're following the lead that I've paid yeah. for you, like stop, stop <laughs> doing it. Um, Yehudi, what's going on in your uh, world? Uh, we got to talk about like what you got coming up. Like I want to hear about it. Yeah, you're, the you're, the new book. It's called Fun 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 World, and it's uh, put out by Oni Press. Oh, that's not your uh, lower third. Yeah, there yeah. You, go. <laughs> you can buy it through Fanbase if you want. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's called Fun, Fun, Fun World. It's uh, put out by Oni Press. It's a full graphic novel. It's about it's an all ages book, but it's about aliens who think they took over the planet, but then they find out that what they really took over was an amusement park. <laughs> so they think the castle is like the castle of Earth that they took over, and that all the animatronic things in there are the earthlings uh and then there's a there's a boy and his father who are there renovating the park like it's a it's a rundown park uh, and this kid like sees the aliens and he tricks them into thinking like okay you conquered earth now you have to help renovate earth so that the people come back and so he tricks them into using their alien technology to renovate the park and that sounds more. awesome yeah 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 it's very funny it's very like galaxy quest kind of tone uh and uh it's sort of my subversive like immigrant story also it's like like showing how like okay immigrants are painted as evil and you know invaders but you can get along and then you know help each other out to make the world a better place so, yeah. i like that um and Thanks. how long has that been out how's it doing uh, so like that was like you you know it was slated to come out April twenty first. Oh, perfect! Yeah. So <laughs> it, it, it's weird because like at first you know then it was like okay we're on lockdown we don't know when it's going to come out, and then apparently like like this uh, like sort of online book event called Middle Grade Magic sort of did so well and got a lot of attention for it mm. that that it started to build up demand and. Oni and like it's distributed through Simon Schuster. They basically found out like middle grade books are selling through the roof because they're like kids are at home 
no access to oh. libraries. The parents need stuff for them to read and do during the day. So like, they were like, okay, release it now. So they suddenly like released it. So it, there was a little bit of a hiccup, like Amazon canceled a bunch of orders because they thought it would like, it was delayed. So it's been, a, it's been a little shaky, but it's out now. I think you can get it everywhere. Buy it from my site. I'll definitely ship it. I won't cancel okay. it like Amazon. But, okay, that's uh, supermercadostore.com. Yeah, supermercadostore, yeah. And I do a uh, little sketch with all of them, yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. But, like, I don't have any middle school-aged kids. I still enjoy it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, because it's it's okay. mainly a comedy. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, if you're a fan of, you know, if you've gone to Disneyland, there's, like, inside jokes with Disneyland. and Yeah. Uh, we were just talking earlier today, my friends and I, about um, – local to to Los Angeles, but the Six Flags Magic Mountain, and whether or not those theme parks are ever going to come back. They're talking about yeah. maybe having like the NBA, the end of the NBA season in the playoffs uh, in a place that's either Vegas or uh, Disneyland or Disney World so that they can quarantine all the players together and just tear oh. through the season. Yeah, wow. that way... That way they can tear through, and the then season. their families can be there with them. Yeah. Well, maybe not. The PGA is starting back up without families, and really, it, yeah, and the, and the players have to. The the, the golfers actually have to. Uh, I mean, they have a caddy, but the caddy can't touch the golf clubs. The caddy can just like tell them some suggestions, but uh, but I think yeah, so I weird. think they're just trying to satisfy their TV contracts so they don't lose. A billion dollars and then the, so they yeah. can actually like crown a champion and figure out what to do for a full season next year but um, yeah, as long as the player like if the players want to do it then but if they're being forced to do it like away from their families like then that's that's well, super shady like what well, i think baseball is the only sport that doesn't have the players worked into uh, a, a profit participation oh. so the players are gonna want to do it because right Fifty-five percent of the revenue is theirs, so yeah. it's in their best interest to do it. But what I was yeah. wondering about was, are we ever going to go to Magic Mountain again? Like your book may be like the precursor to this, because if yeah. if, if Disney World <laughs> is only good for having events that are quarantined, like how, how are we ever going to go back to Disney World or Disneyland after this? What yeah. maybe five years from now? And you guys saw the Hollywood Bowl for the first time in ninety-eight yeah, years, in the, years yeah. the summer season. Yeah, um, concerts, these places, the, the 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 amusement parks, like the one in your book, like, come on, guys, yeah. it's got to change. That's, that's going to become yeah. an abandoned skate park, right? Like, come right, on. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fascinating. Like, it became kind of prescient because, like, the kid in the book tells the aliens, like, all the humans are living underground because it's not safe to be on the earth, and like, and you have to like like fix up the earth so that everybody can return. So it's kind of like like we need that vaccine, we need the testing, we need the contact tracing before we can all have fun, fun, fun like in the world again. Like it became oddly prescient. Like yeah, very, no, very weird. How long have you been part of the deep state? <laughs> <laughs> well, it didn't work out. Like we. Uh -huh. <laughs> I saw your pandemic video, and I was not convinced. <laughs> pretty good. I was huh? like, this slick. pandemic video is definitely not Yehudi's strongest work. He yeah. can definitely do better than this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to get irony through in like a, <laughs> a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Fair uh, yeah. Barbara and Brian, how are you guys holding up? And like, what's going on with fan base press? Like, we, we just heard about Yehudi trying to put out one book. You guys yeah. are usually trying to put up multiple books. 
We are. Right. Yeah, we're we're doing well. We're doing okay. Our staff, we're just trying to keep up morale and keep everybody busy. But uh, we actually, just before everything hit, uh, we put out this, uh, which is our very first hardcover. Sorry about the shine. It, this is uh, Quince, the definitive bilingual edition. Uh, it collects both the English and Spanish editions of our Eisner-nominated series Quince. Um, the great thing about it is that not only does it have the English on one side, but if you flip it over, everything is available in Spanish. Um, and it has lots of great bonus features, forewords from uh, Gloria Calderon-Kellett, who is the showrunner of One Day at a Time, Peter Marietta, who is the showrunner of Mr. Iglesias. It has a study guide from Dr. Teresa Rojas from Odessa Junior College. Uh, it's got an academic essay by Eisner winner, Frederick Luis Aldama. It's got so many wonderful uh, features, but everything is available in both English and Spanish. And uh, as you mentioned, Jonathan. Yes, we also have the uh, the 10th anniversary acrylic pins we're putting out to uh, commemorate 10 years of Fanbase Press. And uh, these are only and only $10. We're selling them at, at the Fanbase Press website. Yeah, but we've got uh, some new comic series in the works, one that will come out in October, another one that we're just launching right now. So uh, even though things are a little more quiet with everything going on, we're, we're still keeping busy. Okay. Okay. Like, thanks. Thanks for making me feel like a slacker during the <laughs> pandemic. Um, I just ate like eight fistfuls of goldfish crackers uh, and that's what I've got to report. That is okay. I think what that's flavor? The, what flavor? Exactly. Tears, I think, the flavor was tears. I think <laughs> that's the thing. I, I see so many. Yeah. Yes, I see so many people right now saying like that. Now's the time to start your new book, and now's the time to time to learn how to bake bread. Like you don't have to do anything right now. Like if right. you don't want to, it's totally fine to just do whatever gets you through the day, gets you through the week. I, I don't think anyone should be pressuring anyone unless they want to, uh, to be taking on new tasks. Yeah, that was like, like at the very beginning, people were saying like, oh no, you got to get up at, you know, at 9 a.m., right. shower, dress, you know, put a suit on, like all that stuff. It was like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> You do you. Uh, yeah. You do I'm going to make like a GOP senator and not do shit. <laughs> I ain't doing shit. Plug your ears and pretend it's not plug happening. Plug my ears. I'll act like Rand Paul and be like, "This doesn't apply to me." Oh, um, boy. I just got so real, but like, you know what? I tried to inject a little realness in my intro. Yeah. Now I got you guys. Uh, you know, it's just that's what Geekscape does. It's a bit dynamic. I like to yeah, have yeah. a little bit of fun. <laughs> I like to make you guys think a little bit, maybe. Yeah. At least think about uh, supporting Yehudi and Barbara and Bryant and getting these yes, books. Please. I didn't know that I was going to yes, be like, hey, like be educational books at this point. Like, <laughs> books yeah. for, for like all sorts of people. You guys are, I mean, damn, talk about dynamic. Yeah. And without any conventions like that, like, so like we were going to at Emerald City Comic Con in Seattle, like we were going to have a big, huge 10 by 10 booth that was just all fun, fun, fun world. We we're going to have like, carnival games and prizes and stuff like it was going to be a big launch what's crazy and, is yehudi asked me he said i will fly you to seattle i will put you up dunk tank yeah. and i was like what and he said just dunk to dunk tank, tank you yeah in speedo yeah and it's not water right and i was like what and if he was just in, in oh and they're throwing them at you not at the right <laughs> And it's not Amazing. a tank. Yeah, they're just throwing baseball. Not fun, out. fun, fun world for me at all. I don't yeah. like it at all. Um, okay, so we got to talk some Star Wars because. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yes, please. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I love Star Wars, but sometimes it feels like an abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, what's every, like, uh, should we discuss Rises of Skywalker first? Like, everybody's, like, sure, top, top line, about, and then... I mean, yeah, let's start... I don't think I've talked to you guys since that came out. Yeah. yeah. If that was a mixed like a really mixed experience for me because when I finally bought into what JJ was doing, uh, and guys, this is going to have spoilers up the wazoo if you haven't yeah, seen yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Sure. Uh, but, you know, there's some silly stuff in that movie, like the dagger and the, the, the situation of, like, finding the, the fallen Death Star and stuff like that because it just comes down to, like, crazy situations that are just a little too convenient and they don't make a ton of sense, but they're kind of like to me they're the the example of like what the sequel trilogy was problematic about it was that there was a a lack of consistency to it and things felt like they were kind of slapped in narratively without really a lot of sense and 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 that's why when dave filoni was talking about duel of the fates and what that meant on a character level uh in the recent comments on the on the mandalorian Mm -hmm. bonus features I was like, oh God, that, you know, there's probably stuff like that in the sequel trilogy. It's just marred by other factors that blur those kind of really awesome character work. Yeah. I mean, Filoni said about like Ghoul of the Fates, that character stuff is great. Yeah. It's just in a two and a half hour movie with a lot of other stuff in it that that help, that hurt the clarification of those character beats. Sure that should have led to the action, which kind of did lead to the action, but were clouded. And in, in, in there's a lot of noise in the sequel trilogy, but when you see that Han scene with Kylo, it's a very odd, I, I think that's a great scene. I think it's an emotional scene. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and when I realized that to an extent, the, these that movie is going to start just start kind of checking boxes for fans as a way to close out the Skywalker saga. Yeah, sure. I was like, okay, I've got my popcorn, I got my drink. If you guys are just going to be checking boxes and there's not going to be too many surprises left in it, I'm in. I'm just going to watch the ride and I'm going to cheer when when uh, when when uh, you know we see all the all the pilots that we love come back. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're going to see like sort of uh, like Babu the curtain call. Here, <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and and that kind of stuff I, I let myself enjoy, uh, even though I don't know, I don't know if we're gonna lower. What do you guys think about this, the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, for I loved it. Like I didn't, like it was very odd to see the the really negative reaction. Like people were like really violently mad about it. Like, and especially the stuff with you know Ray being a Palpatine, like. And, and this goes to what Filoni was saying. Like, Star Wars is about family. So, like, it, it's always odd that people want a Star Wars that's not connected at all and, like, has no Jedi and, no, you know, has nothing to do with Skywalker. And it's like, there's other sci-fi to enjoy. Like, there's plenty of other stuff out there. If you don't want <laughs> Jedi, you can be serviced, like, elsewhere. Like, there's yeah. other stuff. Go watch, go watch Tron. There's Tron. There's... Battlestar Galactica. But, but in Star Wars, you can find that stuff at this point. Absolutely. Like, you like can, but the, but the, the core Skywalker saga, like, I liked that she was tied, like, Ray was tied into the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. every single movie is a development of the the Skywalker family, basically. And, like, if, if, if you calculate that Palpatine is basically Anakin's, you know, creator... 
Mm. And there you go. Like every single movie as you know, adds a new family branch to that family tree. So it was like, it was so weird that the reaction was what they're related. Like, yeah, this is star Wars. Hey, you know, have you been paying attention this whole time? Like yeah, that was not what traveled me, like troubled me. What troubled me was stuff like the dagger. Like, being yeah, like the, the, the Goonies treasure hunts. Yeah. 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 Stuff, like, I was like, yeah. Eh. And we'll talk about duel of the fates, the script yeah. that uh, Colin Trevor wrote. Am I correct in that? That, that he wrote. Yeah. That, yeah. Trevor and then there's another name on yeah, there. Derek and, Connelly. Yeah, Derek yeah. Connolly. And even though people were like, oh, we got to cancel Colin Trevor. There's too much like men in the Star Wars universe. And this, I, I, whatever costs Colin Trevor episode I think nine. It was the, that, that movie he did with Justin or Trembley, Jacob Trembley, right? Jacob Trembley, like whatever it was. Like, yeah. This yeah, what was that movie? I totally forgot what that and movie And now was. there's concept artwork out that we're going to look at. Yeah, and you're like, well, that doesn't look half bad, <laughs> and you know, well, at least we could discuss this stuff. Yeah, like uh, the well, and then also like another thing going back to because this ties into the both like the Kylo Ren redemption, like you needed that, like that's Absolutely. part of Star 100%. Wars also. Like the other the people reacting negatively to that also like feels like they hadn't been paying attention to the the whole time. like That's why that pawn scene to me was where the movie won me back. Yeah. Where it was like, hey, this yeah. is a father-son scene. This yeah. is, this, this is, this and is even, the even if, scene from episode uh, seven. Yeah. Like this, this is what you need. And yeah, yeah. and I was like, okay, like this is this scene is really good. And yeah. I'm in. The kiss? But but you can't deny they had a connection. Like they were literally like force right. FaceTiming each other, like, you know, but was it that kind from of the previous connection? movie. Just you and I are talking now, and just you wait until this quarantine's hey, I'm coming at you hot. If you I'm and I went through fight. like fighting the emperor together, I think we'd it's kiss. Kind of like, are. We, mean, we like, roll by an emperor yeah, yeah. right now. He wants another term. You if, know, if you and I, yeah. we, we, I'm yeah. making out with you so bad when yeah, this yeah. is over. Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. you want to come back to the Geekscape booth at Comic Con? Yeah. It's going to be like that Times Square victory in Europe kiss. If you're going to put me in a dunk tank, I'm putting you in a kissing booth, baby. Let's go. Barbara, what do you guys think? You want me to go? Or yeah, go ahead. Well, I, actually, going back to the Han Solo uh, scene in Rise, I first and foremost, I loved the movie. I agree, Jonathan, that there are definitely issues that, you know, plotting-wise or uh, conflict-wise, but overall, I loved it. And I think that the Han Solo scene really, for me, stuck out and emotionally resonated with me. And we've talked about this at length, that um, I used to teach mental health first aid. And for me, Kylo Ren's arc was very much about suicidality. Um, and about what it really takes for people to be able to come out of that and to connect with people and to be helped and come out the other side healthily. Um, and so I think you see that all throughout the entire saga back from, as we just saw, and without giving people spoilers for anyone who didn't finish Clone Wars season seven. Um, but you see, oh, I, what, yeah. I won't say a word, but you, you see the effects of what happens when a character is without empathy or compassion, someone who is missing out on that connection. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you see the opposite of it with Luke and Darth Vader, and you see how he is able to give that unending compassion and help to redeem his father. Yeah. And then being able to see that once again with Kylo Ren just completely reiterates that same idea of what it really takes. And, and it's hard and it's, it's challenging. And it's just as it is in daily life to be able to forgive people and to 
not necessarily look past uh, what they've done, but to give them that olive branch and reach out your hand, even for all the ills they may have done. Yeah, so. like that's like yeah, because like Star Wars is about hope. Also, mm-hmm. it's like if they're if everything's hopeless, that's kind of why like I brush up against when people say like, "Oh, Last Jedi, you know, so challenging. They challenged." Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what like what are you saying with that challenge? Like, it was so like bleak and hopeless at the end. Like having Princess General Organa call out to help to the entire universe and then no one responds. It was mm-hmm. like ugh. Like this is not <laughs> Star Wars. Like that doesn't feel like Star Wars. Like, like is that I how feel, you felt, you hoodie? Did you yeah. feel like like the? Did you not enjoy that one? Because I, I didn't. I liked, no, like, I liked that he tried stuff. I liked that he tried to break stuff out of. Sure. But out yeah, of, but break or, it. But formula, like, but, but you're to, right. To what effect? Like, right? No, I agree. I'm all for deconstructing, but like, is there a lesson there? Is that like, is the lesson that everything is hopeless and? Mm-hmm. And then the the broom boy thing just felt like uh, tacked on. Like, oh, we need something. Like, I just like, yes, it just felt hopeless. Like, mm-hmm. and, and oh, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Oh, I I, I would agree with with both Hootie and uh, Barbara that I, I actually in, seem to enjoy uh, Rise of Skywalker more than most. And I guess the one thing I would add on to what you both have said is that. Um, I do. Well, I definitely do agree that it has some clunky moments, um, some like video game stuff. It almost feels like, but uh, I, for me, what really seals the deal is that we have uh, Ben Solo finding this power to bring his "quote unquote" loved ones back from the dead, and this was the very power that Anakin fell to the dark side for, trying to to you know find a way to save his wife, um, yeah. and he makes this de- devil's bargain. And so to have someone come from the opposite aspect and find um, so, sort of in, in the same way that we have a juxtaposition of like the Sith are always seeking immortality, but the, the Jedi find it through selflessness. That, that theme is resonant, yeah. and, you know, right there at the end and the core of, core of the story. And so it had, does do something that I thought was quite hard, which is it serves as an ending both to the, the sequel trilogy but also connect these nine films in some meaningful aspect if we look them, look at them as a whole. Yeah, right. and and I, and I hate talking so defensively about it because I feel like you know, like everyone's always like on guard when they're talking about Star Wars now, <laughs> and it's like very annoying. But like for people to get upset that the Emperor is back in a Star Wars movie, like also felt like, are you kidding me? Like, of course he's back. <laughs> like, this, yet he's been planning this all along. Like, you know, like. I don't know. It was just very odd to see the reaction. Like, I, it, you know, it was out of nowhere. Like, it should have been properly set up in, yeah, sure. in Last Jedi. Sure. Like, had yeah, they planted the seeds. Nine, it should have been something. Yeah, it should have been yeah. set up. A more unified oh. vision of yeah. some sort. Yeah. yeah. This, this sequel trilogy felt like, say what you will about the prequels, and the, all the movies are pretty long. And even they, I mean, if you look at all three trilogies, the prequel trilogies kind of the most narratively consistent because <laughs> oh, one yeah. guy well yeah be, yeah and yeah. this one this one feels the most piecemeal in a way yeah. because uh Especially it feels too, like reactionary to the movies that came before it yeah. and it just felt like like everything was kind of course correcting throughout. Exactly. And it almost felt like they were course correcting within each other too. Like mm-hmm. that's what like like also brushed me the wrong way with Last Jedi. It's like he every little thing JJ set up felt like it was purposefully smashed like that. 
You know, Ryan Johnson doesn't like the Kylo Ren mask. I'm going to smash yeah. it. You know, who's so your parent? Right. <laughs> yeah. So it felt like they were they were trying to course correct each other instead mm -hmm. of like having it be one unified, right. you know, narrative, which is like the prequel trilogy, like all three, you really could have made one movie out of just to sort of like, you know, there's a lot of tacked on like, I'm going to go chase this bounty hunter and like sure. a lot sure. of side spoke, you know, adventures. But it's really, it could have all squeezed into one tight movie. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe, you know, they should have thought about that more and then exploded it into the three. Well, one thing. Giving that three different people like a shot. Yeah. This is like the 35 year anniversary. No, this is beyond. This is no, like what. Beyond, it, yeah. well, this is beyond the, the anniversary of Empire. And for me, like Empire is obviously the high point. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. We'll be talking about it in a future episode of Fanbase Press's podcast. So yes. please subscribe yeah. to those guys. Um, but like Gary Kurtz to me and George Lucas's first wife is yeah. To me, the people they saved who it. They saved him. it. Yeah. And by the time you get to the prequels, like Rick McCallum, who yeah. helped him write Lucas film, like isn't necessarily going to be sticking George's feet to the fire. Right. He's the, yeah. the classic yes man. Like, but now yeah. you've got this guy Dave Filoni, who's kind of George's apprentice, yeah. and it sounds like you know, Mandalorian and the Clone Wars is kind of an evidence of what he can do in the in, in creative space. But it sounds like John Favreau and Dave Filoni have kind of created this really great relationship where they can kind of become the brain trust of star wars i don't know how much kathleen kennedy will allow them to do that it's i mean mandalorian is such a success that it's probably obvious that this is something yeah. that they should do but um i mean i have a lot of faith in those two guys because yeah. let's just say i'm a big mandalorian fan Whoa, oh boy you guys have this do you guys have one no, of these no, no. we don't Want to get lost in the mail? What's going on? I, I pre-ordered on the, when they, God, they had them it up. got yeah. ordered, and then it got canceled, okay. and then I get a, an email that was like, "Do you still want it? We we canceled your order on this is like my book all over again. We right. ran out of stock, and then oh, we we actually have stock, and we found some in the back alley. And it, I mean, yeah, I ordered it off of Best Buy, and the cancellations in in like like like. I so got emails that right of emotions. It would like cancel it, and this is from freaking November. It would cancel my order, and then be like, "Oh wait, we, we messed up. Do you still want this?" And then they would cancel my order. And like, oh wait, we we found some in an old uh, yeah, yeah. You know, warehouse. You, you want gotta really thing? want it. And so, so when I finally got the email that it had shipped, I was like, "Get the fuck out of here!" You guys I'll see you when baby. I see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, you didn't ship me my baby Yoda plush. Uh, Baby Yoda plush showed up, and, oh, and then my friends ordered, and they're like, "I haven't got my Baby Yoda plush yet." And I was like, mm -hmm. "Should I not have said anything? They know yeah. where I live; they can break in." But yeah. uh, I got to tell you, he's adorable. He's sweet. Um, but uh, I kept them in the packaging. I actually got this for Heidi, and we kept it in the packaging because he doesn't have feet. <laughs> if you actually look, yeah, the Baby Yoda eleven inch plush or whatever this is has doesn't no feet. have. Because his, hands, it up. his hands are totally fucking cute. Like the baby you had a Wait, are you sure it's not a puppet? Are you sure it's not a puppet? It's not a puppet. There's no sure? hole for his butt. Yeah. You know, he's, he's filling he's filling this uh this his transport with poop right now. But uh uh yeah, his his hands are adorable. So literally before we started broadcasting, um Heidi was like, Hey, I want to take him out of his little pod. Uh you know, we can't keep him in here forever. And she was like, his his hands are adorable. I want to see his feet. And we looked inside. There were no feet. 
Like he's you gotta order the feet separately. Just separately. Yeah. So if anybody out there wants to build me a pod, and it's not like his, you know, you see in the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, his like robe is longer than his feet are, and that's yeah. kind of cute. So you can stand him up, and it looks like you know maybe you should come with a cup of frog soup or something. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't be disappointed when this guy comes in the mail and you, you're trying to look at his feet. He does not have feet. Yeah. I want him to have feet because his feet. Maybe that's a spoiler feet. for season two because his feet just. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> I, I, yeah. I do love him, though. We we, uh, we keep him on a shelf and we say goodnight, baby Yoda. <laughs> maybe it's time for the London. For, for London yeah, what a, what a miracle baby Yoda was. Like, exactly. Yeah. I want like, to try. That's crazy how they were able to keep that a secret and like oh. how it was such a phenomenon. Like, yes, yeah. CGI, and yeah. I love yeah. I love that they got yelled at for yeah. like making, <laughs> thinking about making them CGI. Yes. Like, don't be cowards. But uh, Grant Amahara, who uh, is friends of, a friend of Heidi's, made the animatronic one. It's in his lab. So oh, good. really? Yeah. So we're gonna try and have Grant on the show. We're gonna reach out to him and be like, hey. Yeah. Geeks game and talk about how you made an animatronic right. baby Yoda because this one doesn't have feet. We yeah. love you. We love you. We love you just the same, yeah. but you don't have feet. We love you. <laughs> you don't have feet. <laughs> oh, sorry. This is the child. Daniel Camposano in uh, Long Island is yelling at me. He's like, <laughs> can't call it baby Yoda. Child, not baby. Child. The assets. Yeah. I don't know who his parents are. Yoda kind of got tricky. There was Yoda and Yaddle. Over there in the Jedi, uh, <laughs> we, don't, we don't acknowledge yet. It could be a clone. We don't know. Yeah. He could have turned Yaddle out. Okay, this is not that kind of show. <laughs> you had the the, the Kaminoans are busy. You know they didn't have anything uh, yeah. better to do. So uh, my theory, it's like the time warp uh, tunnels in, in Rebels. Oh yeah, yeah. Edwin Black says. I have my animatronic baby Yetta on order already. Okay, well, uh, I think we should find a way to program it with AI and give it sentience. <laughs> yeah. Um, Edwin Black also wants to know about what do you think about this Taika Waititi directing a Star Wars that's, film? That's the best news I've heard. Yeah, it sounds like time. a plan. Boy, he's yeah. never made a bad movie. Right. And yeah. I hate him for it. I well, he's directed some episodes of Mandalorian already, yeah. too. So it's not, great you know, ones. I hate yes. him. I love him, but I hate him. I know. He's annoyingly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I love him. And yeah, hate my him. my hope was gonna be like, yeah, as a palette cleanser for Star Wars is for them to do like an animated feature film, like Pixar quality budget and everything, as sort of a palette cleanser. Like, okay, let's reset, sure. like let's do a slick all ages, you know, sure. Pixar quality feature film, but then but then if Taika's doing one, like that's amazing. Like, I think you still can. Like, look at what Sony is doing with the Spider Verse. Like, yeah, you know, you've got some yeah. live action. You've got a collaboration with Marvel. You've got the one-offs with Venom. Well, yeah. you also got the film but from Kevin Feige, and we don't know what's happening with that film yet. So that could even be yeah. first, maybe. So yeah, yeah. Kevin Feige's got his one. Uh, Xander Dancer. And, and is Ryan Johnson still doing supposedly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah he, and that's a trilogy. I'm not a Ryan Johnson hater, man. Like, he's made some. Really I'm not either. Stuff. Like, but like, Knives Out. Like, yes, that was awesome. Do Knives yeah. Out. Like, yeah, that's where you love it. Apparently, like, yeah. Just, uh, I, I'm, I, I like the idea that you can have a, like an auteurist take to the Star Wars universe. Sure. See what this kind of Star Wars feels like, or that kind of Star Wars feels like. Marvel does it to a degree. Um, yeah. I would, uh, you know, can you take five filmmakers? 
give indie filmmakers give them five million dollars each, which is a pittance to Disney, yeah. even though their parks aren't making money right now. Yeah. And be like, okay, for a twenty-five million dollar investment, we know the fans are going to go just second the Star Wars logos on it, and let's just make five indie Star Wars movies of varying degrees of like weirdness or or uniqueness, and let's you know you end up with a Star Wars comedy almost. Yeah, you know, like we would have like we could have gotten with Solo, and to a degree did like. Or we can get something that is just a, maybe from a female perspective, and maybe the Disney Plus show that we're going to get is is that with the with oh, the, yeah. uh, with the Ahsoka the, Tana, right? The Ahsoka Tana stuff. I don't know. Is that, that confirmed that it's an Ahsoka well, Tana show? Or I, I don't think I haven't heard that, but it's the showrunner. Yeah. But Rosario from, Dawson yeah. is going to be Ahsoka right. Tano in in Mandalorian. Yeah. In Mandalorian. Supposedly, yeah. Supposedly. yeah. yeah. But then we also have, uh, and she was she kicked ass when she directed a couple episodes of uh, the Mandalorian. But we got the Obi Wan show that mm-hmm. was supposedly still over yeah. there. Yeah, Obi Wan show, like, yeah, it seems like Mandalorian kind of stole its thunder. Like, it feels like, and I feel like with an Obi Wan show, like, you need to get into the mysticism and like, like I want to see Obi Wan practicing how to like go into a force ghost like i want to see that training and like going into a spirit world talking he has to talk to qui-gon jinn like you have mm-hmm. to have liam neeson back like, seriously like, awesome. you need him to be able to like talk to qui-gon yeah. jinn because qui-gon jinn taught yoda how to right. so it's like you need that that needs to be your training sequence i like that um, over six episodes Buddy and him back together with his old mentor. Was a good and I think he, I think we need to see a really challenged uh, Obi Wan. I mean, he's lost. Yes. Yeah, he's lost faith. Yeah, he's lost faith. He's lost the love of his life, and yeah. he has lost his best friend as well. So I think we really see need to see like a tormented Obi Wan, especially dealing with isolation and what that's like, and and yeah. also the the mantle of responsibility of guarding Luke and, and watching out for him as well. Yeah. And he's hiding Luke on. Anakin's homeworld, which I know that never, never sat sense, yeah. well with me. Why is Uncle Owen dressed like a Jedi? I, I, think they, I think, yeah, do they bring him back? Do they bring back uh, yeah. Joel? Probably, probably. Joel yeah. to play him, but uh, I, I trust Deb Chow. She yeah. did mm-hmm. one, of, one of the best Mandalorian yeah, episodes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so if she can do what she did in Mandalorian episode four. Where all the Mandalorians are? No, no. Was it episode four where there was a or jetpack? I think it might have been episode three. Uh, I think so. I think it was three. I, I think four was the ATSD episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Then that was the one that um, that uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard directed. Yeah. But the the jetpack Mandalorian fight thing at the end, it was awesome. But even better than that was how much of that episode was in silence when yeah. the Mandalorian decides. Right. Oh, I gotta go back and get the child. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, there's something. Yeah, how tense credits. were you watching that? Like that was yeah. the most tense. I just love the silent storytelling. Yeah, and if we can get yeah. that with Obi Wan, where he's saying, "You know what? I gotta protect Luke. I gotta fix. I, I led Anakin astray. This whole plan has gone to shit. I can't throw myself into it without exposing his the children, but." I have to find a way from afar to yeah. correct my sins. And my sins was yeah. pride. I thought that I could guide Anakin. I thought that I could train Anakin. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what was so beautiful about what Filoni said about mm-hmm. like, like, you know, the duel of fates is like, 
Anakin lost who his father figure should have been, like in mm-hmm. Gon Jinn. And that 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 was probably my biggest gripe with uh, Rise of Skywalker. Is like I wanted it to all tie back up to Qui Gon Jinn. Like mm-hmm. I feel like they dropped the ball on even like acknowledging him in the rest of the movies. Like I feel like you needed something because he was the the hippie Jedi yeah. that sort of like wasn't dogmatic about the force like he was the more you, you know what's interesting Yehudi yeah. is that and I know that we'll talk about Duel of Fates the screenplay by Colin Trevorrow but uh, I've also heard that there was another version of this in between the JJ uh, script that preceded oh, yeah. the one that we actually got where they actually did bring in Mortis which I think personally yeah. the Mortis trilogy from the Clone Wars would have really done well because it's more of like the gray Jedi the, the in between the Bendu of it of really yeah. explaining that it's more in line with what Qui-Gon uh, Qui- Jinn wanted and that it's not just one way or the other, yeah. um, the more of an in-between path. But I think that he had uh, been told, he expressed this to Kathleen Kennedy and the higher-ups and they were like, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we, we, yeah, and then we ended yeah. up getting what we got, which I loved. But uh, I, I think to your point that we could have, we could have seen something much more in line with what you're saying. Yeah, because like the the having the Jedi like in the prequels, like literally in an ivory tower, like not listening, mm-hmm. like closed off, like they didn't see this shit coming, like mm-hmm. like they needed to be brought down a peg, and that that's what I liked about Last Jedi is like Luke saying that, like literally these these guys controlled the universe and they didn't see the greatest evil rising beneath them, like that's stuff I liked. Yeah, like that that's uh, and then that should have all been tied up in. Rise of Skywalker, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was about to make a joke that that happened in my bathroom recently <laughs> that I was like, you know what? I didn't even notice until it exploded that maybe this pandemic... I, I'm glad you brought it back. You ran that. I shouldn't have been eating what I was eating during the quarantine. All right? Yeah. And, like, and you know what? Eating those Yoda frogs. That's I was just eating whatever I wanted because I was like, who cares? The world's ending. And then I look yeah. up and you try calling a freaking uh, a plumber during a pandemic yeah. to come and fix your bathroom after it exploded. <laughs> I was like the Jedi. I was full of, I was full of hubris. I was like, yeah. oh, we'll be out of this. I can eat whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. Next thing you know, too, one too many chimichangas and you can't even talk about this shit. That can't is- infringe on my rights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now they, got, they really got to open up because I need yeah, to like, yeah. I didn't have like a silkwood shower. They got to scrub me down and cut my hair. Um, so let's talk a little bit of Mandalorian too before we get into this Duel of the Fates stuff yeah. because there's a lot there. But let's work with what we have, what the Star Wars canon is. Is um, I love that Robert Rodriguez is doing an episode on his Instagram. He said episode that should be interesting. Uh, I love that to a degree. I like that Boba Fett has been confirmed as being a part of it. I love the casting of Katie Sackhoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you she's guys are reprising her role, fans. right? Like, yeah. She's yeah. Doing mm-hmm. So as a youth Clone Wars fans know who she's playing, um, I guys, I haven't watched Clone Wars yet. That's how it's hard okay. I was. Yeah, it's I only really watched Rebels, so I don't okay. any Clone Wars, yeah. But you know, like, at the end of the Mandalorian Season 1, that, like, yeah. Darksaber thing is yeah. like, a huge moment. Yeah, yeah. Darksaber, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Uh, Ian Kerner, who's on Geek's Table a lot with me, explained that to me, and I was like, oh, that's tight. Uh, <laughs> so the Boba Fett news is cool. I think it's great. I think fans will be super excited to see Boba Fett in season two. Yeah, uh, that's, that's who we assume is like with the jangling spurs, right? I would yeah. assume so, yes. Right. 
Uh, part of me, though, like I, I put this on Twitter and some people were into it. Some people weren't into it. Yeah. Um, I think it's cool that you bring back a fan favorite, but it kind of feels like dunking on a six foot rim. Like, <laughs> it's like you know, you can dunk it on a six foot rim. But yeah. I don't know. I... Some of these unpopular characters, a part of me is like, we got to have some redemption for Jar Jar. Imagine if the writers, if Filoni and, and Favreau ignored everybody. He was yeah. like, don't do this. It's a mistake. And they took a character that was like derided by fans, mm-hmm. like Jar Jar. And we're like, okay, like as far as the canon goes, it's been 30 years. It's been well, however long it's been. Right. Let's see where the character is now. And let's do something very interesting with him. So sure. you see him in a new light. Yeah. And then suddenly there's a redemptive quality to it. We we would have our minds freaking blown yeah. if they were able to pull that off. Yeah, really- you could do a lot. It's like Palpatine was from Naboo. Like you could you could tie all that up like with uh, the Gungans and Naboo. Yeah. So Dave Filoni, I'm going to bring Boss Nass back. I'm, I'm going to use this right here. Let's not go too far. Uh, I, I'm going to right here on my platform. I'm going to say I am uh, available for Jar <laughs> Jar Disney Plus series. I think, plus. I think I could get Ahmed to do Let's it. Get that hashtag going. I uh, I think I well, could he's going to do that like like obstacle course show. Yeah, right? yeah. Right. I saw yeah. Ahmed at Starbucks before this all went down. Oh yeah. And you know who he was meeting with? Who? Frank Frank Oz. Oh wow! Oh wow! I was because Ahmed's doing a one man show about the whole Jar Jar like situation which i hope yeah, yeah. the pandemic still allows him to do and ahmed's like one of the most beautiful people he's been on geekscape he talked about the whole reaction to jar jar and how he's like you know what jar jar gave me everything in my life my kids my wife everything yeah like i love jar jar and i think i think he's such a positive dude yeah uh i want to see some jar jar and i know fans are like ah, eh, there's more you can do with star wars i just want to see if we can pull the, the the trick of like giving it a, like a yeah quality yeah yeah yeah. we'd be so blown away by that yeah Yeah, i actually do think going back to boba fett i actually do think and i can't take full credit because bryant i think you mentioned this idea when we were chatting about it but i think it's going to be fascinating with all of the contrasting of uh the mandalorian himself in the first season and the idea that he was uh contrasted with the idea of the mandalorian creed versus the um, assat, not assassin, but bounty, hunter, bounty creed. hunter creed and how they oppose one another. And then you are literally going to get that in the second season when you have the Mandalorian and what he stands for now versus someone like Boba Fett and what yeah. he stands for. And then if, if the rumors are true and then we also get Rex, who is an older version right. of, of Boba Fett, then, you know, that's a whole nother layer of complexity. That's I think going to be really interesting. Yeah. You guys are throwing the deep cuts. I just want to bring up to the geeks gave us that we're going to get this trending. My friend Nick Summer was like, let's get hashtag Jar Jar Redemption trending. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Put the pressure on Disney. Be like, hey, Disney, I know that you're taking a financial hit right now with your parks closed. <laughs> but, uh, hey. We'll, we'll take it off your hands. Like, we'll, we'll take it off your hands. Like, um, give, give me a buck 50. We'll go make a Jar Jar series. We'll be back. Yeah, maybe a little more than a buck 50. A little bit. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. But the Mandalorian is clearly going to be a hit when it hits Disney+. Plus. That's when I heard two. season two of Mandalorian is almost going to feel like an anthology series where each episode mm-hmm. focuses on a different character. Oh, and, interesting. Yeah, that should be interesting. Like, yeah. Okay. All right, let's do one with a rancor. <laughs> it'll be like the like Papa <laughs> episode of Last Airbender where you just follow, like... I just want to see, like, the Rancor trainer, maybe. Or, yeah. I don't know. Who knows? Like, 
Let's think of something. Uh, Daniel Camposano says, can we get uh, a movie following the bartender from Mo's <laughs> Island, Cantina, directed by David Fincher? Why not? Absolutely. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Disney, Disney, you got to learn, okay? The, like Marvel, if it hasn't proven to you, you just put the Marvel logo in front of it, and you're going to do good. You well, that's what's logo in front of it. You're going to do good. So take, I, let's take more risks. They should, like the Marvel one-shots. Like I can't believe they haven't brought back Marvel one-shots and like mm -hmm, done right. that in the Star Wars universe. Like it seems like a no-brainer. Like Never say never, Yehudi. Yeah, never yeah. say never. Exactly. All right? Yeah. I'm just letting them know yeah. I'm available for hashtag Jar Jar Redemption. Yeah. Okay? All right? We got it. Uh, Edwin Black wants to know... What if they do the Ashoka series, Ahsoka series as our sequel show to Return of the Jedi, finishing up her uh, plot hook from Rebels and bringing in Rose Tico to give that character the redemption that J.J. denied her? This is a deep cut, guys. Wow. I'm going to throw it to Bright and Barbara. I don't know if that, that timeline doesn't work out, right? I don't I know. know if How old would Rose be, be after Return of the Jedi? Like, she'd be pretty she'd young. Be pretty young. Yeah. yeah. She wouldn't um, have been born, right? Maybe not. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know exactly when she was born. It would have to be well after Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we could definitely do Ahsoka and Sabine. That's what, yeah. what Edwin's proposed. Well, yeah, the, the finding Ezra Bridger. Like, that's that should be the Ahsoka Tana. Series. Well, I didn't, I'd expect the, the Ahsoka camo, uh, cameo that they're kind of projecting right now is that. It's going to be probably, like, uh, she f f figures heavily into like one episode, has some key scenes, but it seems like it, they, they're kind of testing the waters, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of kind of spinoff of an Ahsoka miniseries or something based on an appearance in The Mandalorian. Yeah. So at last, or the Rise of Skywalker, we hear the voices of Ahsoka and Ezra, right? Yes. Oh, not Ezra. Not Ezra. Oh, not Ezra? We are Kanan and... We are Kanan, yeah. Freddie Prince, that's what I know. Yeah. Yeah. Freddie Prince and, yeah, right. and Ahsoka Tana, right? Yeah. But we don't hear Ezra, so he could feasibly be still alive? He feasibly could still yeah. be alive. And yes. I'm, I'm going to make the argument that Ahsoka <laughs> is also still alive. That Ahsoka's still alive? Yeah. But how would that work out? She has transcended. She has become like the Bendu, and she has transcended the Jedi abilities and is able to still make that connection. Without, okay. without death. Well, uh, let's segue into uh, Duel of the Fates. But here's, okay. but here's, here's a, a comment I want to segue with. Um, let's see. Let's talk a little extended universe. Um, let's see what's going on. Um, Edwin Black asks, what do you and your panelists say is the thing you most regret getting removed from the Star Wars extended universe? Conversely, what new piece of Star Wars Extended Universe intrigues or excites you the most? I'll start just by saying it's not Extended Universe. I don't believe it's definitely outside of the trilogies, but uh, I'm a Taika Waititi fan. I can't wait to see what he does with a one-off movie. Uh, you know, he can go nuts. He is nuts. I do love that. I like He'll throw it anywhere in the timeline. I just think it'll be fun. Uh, he, he, he's got this ability to just make something hilarious and then turn it around and make it incredibly poignant at the same time. Yehudi, yeah. we, we saw Jojo Rabbit together. We did. And, uh, that we, was just... We cried like, together. We, yeah. we, we, we laughed together. We, we cried together. We comforted each other afterwards. As far as what they've taken out of the extended universe, uh, you guys are going to uh, laugh at me, but Shadows of the Empire by Prince Shishor 
and the whole Crimson Empire, whatever it was called. You guys remember that? The Dark yeah. Sun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the yeah. Dark Sun criminal empire that yeah. was going on. And I don't understand how uh, that wasn't worked in to Solo. Yeah, exactly. Crimson yeah, yeah. Dawn yeah. And, uh, and, and Darth Maul. And then you got the, this Prince Chishore guy from rise uh from uh what was it the uh the n64 game shadows of the empire right yeah, yeah. bridge empire strikes back return of the jedi i mean i know like dash rengar was just like a like a han clone but i mean he was fine and it was he was fun. it was cool yeah, to yeah. do something away from the jedi that was a little bit about the underbelly and yeah. i'd like to see something happen on like narshada the smuggler's moon and sure. stuff like that yeah, that yeah, was yeah. Stuff from the Dark Empire comics that got me. Yeah, back that's what I always say. With, I loved. Yeah, with Solo, like, had they just named it like Star Wars Underworld, like it wouldn't have gotten as much shit as like mm-hmm. just calling it Solo, because there's so much pressure put on one character. And, like, yeah. no other Star Wars movie is named after one character. Like, and I don't think it's fun in a universe yeah. where anything can happen to take a character who you know how he ends up and it and like put him on basically what felt like. Uh, a train ride. It just felt like I was watching. Yeah, he was on rails. He was on off. rails. Yeah, yeah. You knew Chewie was nothing was going to happen to Chewie. You knew nothing was going to happen to him, and the movie failed to surprise me in other aspects. And it might sound sexist, but uh, when Han learns to shoot first by killing Woody Harrelson's character, I was like, okay, well, you knew Woody Harrelson's character was bad, but his entire impetus for the plot, he was always pursuing this girl. If he would have had to make a sacrifice, yeah, of her. Yeah. who's already working for the main bad guy to yeah. save Chewie's life, then it says something about Chewie's relationship. And also, Tan's got to make a sacrifice. Yeah. That really shows his change as a character. Yeah. And sadly, it does mean shooting a woman. But it's Star Wars, and she's <laughs> a pretty bad person. But yeah, after- as long as they amp up how, yeah, how bad And then suddenly, is. Han is like, yeah. fuck, like, it really damages Han. And, yeah. and you can see why they would make two more movies getting him to the point where you find him in Mos Eisley where yeah. there's now heroic qualities to him, but he's done this horrible thing that yeah. he's haunted by. Like I, there's not enough haunting in some of these characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like secrets. I like our characters having secrets. What would you say is the extended universe you miss and the thing that they're making that you guys are most excited for? I was actually convinced going into last Jedi that we were going to see two things. One Mara Jade, and to the Journal of the Wills. I was convinced like that yeah. entire movie. I was so excited. Yeah, because they showed the books, right? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was I was yeah. really excited for that. Uh we got a tinge of the Journal of the Wills, but that that's about it at the very yeah. end. So but that's okay. Yeah. What about you? I would agree, but I don't know if there's a better one than Mara Jade. It would be great to see that character reimagined in some way. Um because she was such a big part of the original EU. And there's definitely other things you can do with her. She's not going to be just uh, Luke Skywalker's wife, but um, yeah. And they brought back Thrawn and Thrawn's a great character. Yeah, right? Thrawn's great. They yeah. haven't brought her, her back. You're right. Like the Thrawn books, those, I mean, even more so than those comics, the Star Wars comics got me back into comics, sure. but, but those two of these on books are what brought me back to Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. That was all you had in the yeah. early. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, on that, like, I liked the little weird things, like the, remember the Isalamiri, like the yeah, the, the force-suppressing, like, sloths? Worms, like, yeah, they're like yeah, these yeah. you wear around your neck, and yeah. then create these force vacuums. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I wish they would have brought weird stuff like that. 
And, yeah, I think a Babel yeah. Freak spinoff would be fun for me, but maybe be the only one who likes it. Love it. Yeah, the Babu Freak is should just be it. like like random scenes with two other characters, and then suddenly he just pops up from the like the bottom yeah. of the screen and says, "Hey, hey!" And then <laughs> I'm like, here for that. Yeah, perfect. It's like a my dinner with Andre like conversation. Uh, I mean, we're we're hey. thinking of really great ideas. Uh, Rick, though, on YouTube says, Jar Jar Redemption storyline kind of sounds like him being the wingman to Francois Bonnois. If you guys are Geekscape regulars, you saw me put, but it wasn't me. It was a guy named Francois putting makeup on Heidi last yeah. week. It's on the channel. You just look for the channel if you guys are podcast yeah. listeners. I'm sorry, but you got to go to the YouTube channel and watch that. Some Frenchman came and put makeup on Heidi, and he did a what? terrible job. It was crazy. That was insane. There's a lot of weird stuff on the YouTube channel now. My goal is to just turn you like Geekscape into UHF. There you oh, go. Yes. Perfect. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, let's go. Uh, all right. Let's talk about this. The uh, un unproduced screenplay. Never happened. This is uh, Star Wars Duel of the Fates. It was supposed to be episode nine. It was Colin Trevorrow's film. There was a screenplay. When I heard that there was a screenplay out, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. That's like the old, uh, uh, what was it, the, the Superman-Batman script that that guy wrote. Oh, yeah, yeah. Night Gardner in it and all that stuff. Yeah, and like, I got right. like pages into it. And I was like, there's no effing way this is real. Yeah, yeah. You find out it's not real. <laughs> when I found out there was a duel of the, the fate script, I was like, no, I think I'll read the summary, but I'm not going to read the script. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah, yeah. Not it's real, but there's concept artwork that now yeah. came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me figure out how to get it up here. Um, uh, let's see. Has, you, who do you, have you read this the full script or no? Uh, yeah, I'm, I read how, like half of it. Okay, got it. Yeah, okay. but it's it's interesting because you know a lot of people are like, yeah, see, this would have been a thousand times better, but it's it's not. It's like I did I didn't like the it. whole beginning. Like you have no interaction with Kylo and Ray. Like no. for most That's of the movie, important. it's like. Yeah, it's like that's like that like they're fighting like you know long distance force FaceTime was like the best stuff of that movie. I, mm -hmm. Like I love that stuff. Like yeah. and to take that out and just have him on this like I mean it's basically the the in beginning montage of Rise of Skywalker mm -hmm. is his whole arc. Right. You know. Yeah. And then he, he triggers a booby trap and gets blinded and like yeah, it's very I strange. I actually really felt like, and uh, Jonathan, I didn't know what you mentioned earlier about the cancel culture surrounding Colin Trevorrow, but in reading the script, it really did make me feel like he sidelined Ray as the protagonist completely. And yeah. it made yeah, me that, feel that like- That story is so old that I don't know if that's true. Was oh, okay. Cancel culture? I don't know what it was. It, no, it, it's not necessarily, it was more that, oh, another white guy. Okay. Uh, making it's it's not that yeah. he did anything wrong. It's like it's got it. Yeah, but like, it it definitely felt like he sidelined Ray, and it was much more about the relationship between Ghost Luke and Kylo. Yeah, and okay. which it, that yeah. you know that was teased in Last Jedi, and that would have yeah. been fun. But like that's not the movie, like, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna try and throw some of this artwork up there. Yeah. From concept art for Duel of the Fates. And uh, let's just see if this works. There's uh, oh, yeah. there's an that image would have been awesome. older well, Leia and BB-8. So like when I worked at Disney, like we were working on a Star Wars like VR game and we had heard like, you know, before 
yeah, this was before Force Awakens came out. Like I worked there when Force Awakens came out, but that the the like the higher ups, all the execs, everybody was surprised at how much everybody loved the new characters. Like everyone was all gung ho about making each of the trilogy focus on an old character. So like the first one was going to be Han, second one was going to be Luke, third one was going to be Leia, right. and they were just going to really sideline uh, Poe and Finn. Like I think. Finn was supposed to, Poe was supposed to die in the first one. And then I don't even think like Finn had much of like, he didn't have a very good arc in Last Jedi at all. But like, mm -hmm. it definitely feels like, like they had to play catch up with some of the characters like that people fell in love with immediately in Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And Finn, yeah. they kind of cratered his character. It was like, he's yeah. just get anything right. And, uh, and when I'm looking at some of these Duel of the... I, I didn't read the Duel of the Fates script, as I said, but when I'm looking at some of this artwork, I feel like some of it did make it into the final movie. You have such a darker version. Yeah. Well, you, like, with with Finn, you have him almost doing the what Lando wound up doing at the end. Okay. Like, like drumming up support and, like, building the rebellion and, like... He, he has a good arc in this one. And that's the one thing I was that I liked about yeah. this script was Finn's arc is he ends up inspiring other stormtroopers to yeah, essentially, to like, yeah. throw down their arms and... I think that's he has, yeah. Part. He's yeah. gotten like a, he's become a legend, sort of, to these yeah. nameless stormtroopers. Yeah, like imagine if that was his arc in Last Jedi. Like yeah. that would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that would have given captured, and he's amongst other stormtroopers, and then he's got to start yeah. some stormtrooper rebellion, which yeah. you see mm -hmm. the art. They've got him working in some kind of mine, yeah. which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't do a whole lot with his character in in the third in the ninth movie as far as i'm concerned no, no, or, or the eighth i felt like like people yeah. were saying like oh he finally by the end was like oh, i'm a rebel scum and it's like no no as soon as he picked up a lightsaber and went after kylo ren himself with a lightsaber mm -hmm. sure he was a rebel at that point like that was yeah. his i'm now a rebel arc like yeah it just felt like, like he was spinning his wheels wasn't really a rivalry with uh with what's her Phasma. No, with, with with Captain Phasma. Mm -hmm. that, oh yeah. That yeah. kind of fell flat. Yeah. 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 Well, Phasma too, like that was a character totally created after the first table read for Force Awakens. Oh really? Because there was a fan reaction that like they they, they showed the picture of the first table read. There were like only two female characters. Mm -hmm. So like they were like, oh quick, let's add a female character. So they added Phasma last second. Does it yeah. matter if you put a helmet on her? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> and that was like that was disappointing like i felt like in force awakens like they could have at least given phasma a badass fight scene yeah mm -hmm. chewbacca like they could have easily had that mm -hmm. scene before they tied her up mm -hmm. like i felt like that was a, that was a ball drop for sure yeah. i will say yeah. the other thing that i did really enjoy in addition to finn's arc in this was uh the depiction of coruscant i yeah. love that you and jonathan i don't know if you have any images of it but i I loved, <laughs> I loved that you saw this decrepit, fallen city that was once so great, especially as like a, a juxtaposition to the prequels and like sure. what we saw there. So I, yeah. I think First it was order has taken over the seat of the government. Yeah, and there's this image where you have Coruscant, and like the Coruscant was always described as a city where the the buildings were so high, like you couldn't really see 
the depths of the city. You know, right. it, mm -hmm. their spires just went all the way to the sky. And now you got this image in here of a first order, like super star destroyer, like cloaking it, like just suppressing it, covering yeah. the city and controlling it. And like seeing opening on something like this in the ninth movie would really, I mean, even in uh, putting this somewhere in the, the seventh or eighth movie, showing yeah. us that the first order has come back in a huge way to take yeah. over the main seat of government. It'd be like watching like the Cobra helicarrier flying over Washington, <laughs> DC. Like it's, it's the kind of imagery that they use in V and in. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I felt like also with, uh, you know, I hate to keep harping on Last Jedi, but like it was really a mistake to have the timeline so short between movies. Like to have it actually pick up, like basically like minutes later, I think was such a mistake. I felt like like you need that 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 sort of gap between movies to sort of like reset and have armies rebuild and yeah, yeah to, it, to blow up an entire star killer base and then ah, they're fine. They they have more equipment. <laughs> There's also some more hardcore elements to uh, Duel of the Fates. You've got this, uh, the death of Hux, which we got in the movie, but... Yeah, they life. turn him into like a Jedi fanboy almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then here we, in the Duel of the Fates, you see this scene right here where Hux takes his own life, having failed, yeah. and he like commits seppuku, and you're like, wow, he put a lightsaber, he probably got a lightsaber somewhere because he's a fanboy, and he put the lightsaber through himself. Yeah. Um, that shows just how hardcore he was as both an Imperial and as a as a, a, a Jedi fanboy, but he ends up uh, having that conflict with it himself that you don't really, you kind of got it as a gag this time around. When yeah, he let go. he's definitely more cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then yeah. there's this one shot that I'm going to show you guys from the concept artwork, uh, and this was super hardcore. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, this one is a guillotine with a lightsaber oh, blade. Yeah. Yeah. Window, but uh, you've got this execution of a, a of a yeah, one of the good guys. Yeah, yeah looks like an, he's dressed like an X-wing pilot, and he's laid out in front of a huge crowd with a guillotine, where the blade is a lightsaber. Yeah, and that's hardcore. Yeah, like throw that in the movie, and suddenly we know what the stakes are. Yeah, yeah. you fail, you die. Yeah, yeah. There's no I, I, I like that part of uh, Rise of Skywalker too. Is like when they go to that the city with uh, Felicity, you know, and mm -hmm. Babu Frick, like that it is an occupied territory. You like, they're mm -hmm. like, people are in hiding and like, you know, it feels like, you know, Nazi that occupied was, Europe. Like, that was the Rocketeer. The Rocketeer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Rocketress. Yeah. She's awesome. And Babu yeah. Freak's in this movie, when you see the planet blow up, you're just like, I, I bet Babu Freak got out. And yeah. sure enough, he did. <laughs> It was of course, awesome. of course. And you got to see Wedge Antilles. Man, yeah. I was that. I was like, hey, there's Wedge. Yeah. Uh, there's a giant spider monster too, and uh, that's always yeah. good. Movie. They got some concept artwork of this weird. This is this is actually not from the Trevorrow script. This is a cutscene from Rise of Skywalker. This thing that oh, it is. Yeah, yeah this is. Well, the, but they had that character in the Trevorrow one. They they did have a character, but this was apparently not the. I, oh, I, that's not the. the this is not the concept art for right, that yeah. character. What's yeah, Valum Tor Valum. Yeah, it's just yeah. this spidery guy who like feeds on people's skulls or what? It was well, he he created Darth Plagueis. I mean, oh. in the in the Trevorrow one. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
So things are getting pretty deep cut on you yeah. guys on this one. <laughs> uh, Jonathan's like, yeah, they tried to like, I mean, because like this is basically like, you know, instead JJ just brought the emperor, back. right, right, like, and that's and, the one you know. Like, why bring out someone? Right. This this script in a lot of times it gives you something, and it doesn't always solve the problem that mm-hmm. I think that people also have yeah. with the Rise of Skywalker, where you do have this. You don't have the Emperor coming back, but all of a sudden there is this, as you hear you saying, another random big bad guy that has never been mentioned before, who happened yeah. to train the Emperor and and No right. Vader, and and so I'm um, you know it, it's it struggles on things on its own as well. So it's, it's kind yeah. of whatever your preference is going to be. But the imagery, I would, I would agree. The concept art is really, it's sometimes at least for me more moving than the actual screenplay was. Mm-hmm. For oh me, yeah. For me, yeah. it seemed like, and for those that saw Jurassic world, it, it did very much seem in line with Trevorrow's work on Jurassic world, because it seemed like a lot of in the screenplay, just references that were thrown into things, but there was no resonance to it or meaning. Right. Whereas, when you've got someone like Filoni who understands so deeply why things are the way they are and why they're mentioned, then they don't necessarily act as a barrier for those who may not know the entirety of the Star Wars mythos, um, but they yeah. pique your interest and they also work well from a storytelling perspective and a character building perspective. Um, but there were things like Mortis was mentioned in this screenplay, but A, it was depicted incorrectly and yeah. B, it's not really explained. And so it's just kind of like, I get that it's referenced here, but I don't know that you're telling me that you understand what that means or, or why. Yeah. <laughs> Our motorcycle. We were yeah, driving yeah. up the motorcycle. Yes. The rocketeer your, your wall <laughs> dropped and then you guys weird. are on the highway. Like, exactly. Yeah. yeah. piece of work here has like those <laughs> ad-ads, and the, but, it's a, but what you see is, you see these ATSDs in this concept art. Yeah, so at the beginning of the movie, they basically hotwire a Star Destroyer and they steal a Star Destroyer. Yeah. Yeah, you see you see like what would look like the good guys, and they've got a ton of ATSTs that are yeah. repainted. And they're mm-hmm. the, they're like the first line of defense against what looked like these giant augmented AT-AT things that are from the 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 eighth movie that are just gonna wipe them out. Right. It's so pretty cool. It's cool. Yeah. I like you know, I'm 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 pretty simple, so you know I'm gonna like uh, this picture that I'm about to pull up. Let me see if I can find this one. Yep, I'm a I'm a numbskull. So what do you guys uh, think of uh, this one where you got a yeah. double ray fighting like what looks like a rancor creature? Yeah. Is that in the movie? I don't remember that don't scene, remember but that I, maybe there. maybe it was. Oh, in the screenplay? No. Yeah. That's not in the screenplay. No. no. Maybe next time. Maybe I'll, this is what I'll do. <laughs> I'm going to take that and I'm going to put it in the Jar Jar movie. I like it. Yeah. Why not? Why not? And Jar Jar finds a double-edged lightsaber. We're going to figure this out. And uh, I don't know. Maybe he befriends the, the, the Rancor. Maybe he's just figuring out like put a leash on it. I don't know. we got to figure this out. But, yeah, he's uh, got to tame it and ride it. Kathleen Kennedy, yeah. call me. I'm serious about this. We're going to do this uh, hashtag Jar Jar Redemption. We're going to make yeah. a pretty good movie where Jar Jar befriends a Rancor, rides it around. It's like the good dinosaur, but you know that one did okay for Pixar. Let's figure out how to do that with the Star Wars. Thing. Yeah, let's get it done. Yeah, I think it'll be all right. So watching these concept art pieces, um, I, I when I I got sad. I was like, damn, this this Star Wars movie looked like it rocked, and now you guys are telling me that it, <laughs> the, the script was not. Weird. Yeah, I mean, there's good action sure. set yeah. pieces for sure, but like it yeah. story wise, yeah. 
It's like they make a couple out of Poe and Ray. Oh, really? kind of forced. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a comment that uh, one of our viewers, I'll throw it up here on the comment. Uh, Wizard of Video Games on Twitch says, I want a Kenner Guillotine playset. <laughs> I want to take it's a fair demand. It's a fair demand. Yeah. yeah. Star Wars figures is cut their heads off and blow them in half. And we realized that they were all going to be worth a ton of money later on. So we yeah. shouldn't have done that. So I don't think we should make a guillotine place. Maybe, maybe with like a magnet so the heads can snap back on. Maybe. That could work. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You know, listen, your first bad idea was to listen to Geekscape. The second bad <laughs> idea would be this play set. So yeah. let's just stop while we're ahead and not do that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I the, I will try not to be as excited about this concept. <laughs> <laughs> I would still encourage people to read it if they have no, if yeah. they have the means. Definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, fun yeah. to read. Yeah. So one thing that happens, uh, we saw this happen over at Fox, which Disney absorbed, is you create these scripts for some of these projects, and the, the studio owns them. So it's it, it's it's not a secret that the Magneto. X-Men Origins movie that was supposed to come out after the Wolverine X-Men Origins movie turned into a piece of X-Men First Class, right? Oh. Uh, when they wanted to revamp it, they had this Magneto script sitting there and they turned it in. This is what Hollywood does. They have this Magneto script. Right. They paid for it. Uh, David Goyer was supposed to do it. They did end up doing it, but now we've got it, a, a script sitting there that you've already paid for and you can turn it into X-Men First Class. There are a couple other instances where this has happened, both in uh, the comic book franchises and also things like we got yeah. a Street Fighter movie that was originally built out of a G.I. Joe script or a He-Man yeah. movie that was originally uh, Jack Kirby's Fourth World script, right? Oh, really? You, oh, yeah. When you watch that Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie, just know that you're watching a movie that was oh, a course-corrected Jack Kirby Fourth World script where He-Man's basically Orion and Skeletor <laughs> is basically Darkseid. So oh, watch that. Yeah. That's why He-Man's like surfing on a skiff in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And they've got, oh. a, they've got a boom tube, but they call it the Cosmic Key. Right, right. There's a lot of weird stuff in that He-Man movie. Well, that's like, you know, uh, the Die Hard with a Vengeance. The yeah. third movie was a was a Dirty Harry movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So this is something yeah. that Hollywood does. Maybe there are parts of this Colin Trevorrow script for... Uh, well, you sure. know, they, sh they should do, like, Lando and... Uh, what's her name? Joanna? No, it's... Jana, Jana, Jana. I think so. Yeah, and Finn. Like they, they need a spinoff movie or Disney Plus series, where it's basically reuniting all these like stormtroopers with their families. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They can be heartwarming. That feels like a reality show. <laughs> right. Here they are, yeah, yeah. ten years later after the Empire split them apart. But it's sort of like, it's, yeah, it's like I'm your dad. Oh. Yeah. The I feel like it, it could uh, it could have some nice moments. It'd be like you know, like post Civil War, like antebellum, like reunification. Like I feel like it does sound like you could do it. End credits of the uh, of uh, the 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 third Lord of the Rings movie, though. Like it does sound like you're watching yeah, yeah. a resolution rather than anything that has like a big narrative. Yeah, uh, drive. Yeah, to it. yeah. I don't know that if that's a movie, booty. <laughs> No, put Jar Jar in it. There you go. Yeah. And you got my interest, Pete. Maybe. Anything else you want to say about Star Wars? Obviously, we're excited about this Mandalorian season two. I'm excited that I got one of the seven baby 
the plushes that are in existence, it seems I know. like. I need to check on my pre-order. It fell off a truck. It fell off a truck. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Is there any Star Wars we're not checking out that we should check out? Obviously, uh, Clone Wars and Rebels is up on Disney+. Plus. I should probably be they watching need to, that. They need to be putting the 2D Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars on Disney Plus already. Oh, that's that not really I don't know where those are. Like those were excellent. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think they buried them because they don't they don't want them to be confused with the other Clone Wars. Clone Wars yeah. At I this thought, point. I mean, a layman like myself thought that those were the kickoff to the Clone Wars series. No, that were like basically a test run. They they did those and it was about 2 hours worth of of shorts mm-hmm. and then uh george basically came back and was like you know you did pretty well with this i want to redo it yeah <laughs> yeah as he is want to do right you know? someone i have on the show is my buddy craig derrick who worked for lucas arts during the, the video games he was in charge of the monkey island special editions but oh, he also wow. worked with star wars games uh and he was one of the the main guys over at thir- working on the 1313 game which was oh, going to be wow. Fed game and not the Boba Fett right. game, but yeah, yeah. It, you know, when the whole you know, LucasArts, I think, like shuttered or then got sold, and now he's back at LucasArts, and obviously they're working with uh, with yeah. EA working yeah. their games. But uh, I should have Craig Derrick on Jonathan, note to self, yeah, write Jar Jar script, have Craig <laughs> Derrick on Grant Emil Hara. We'll get more Star Wars content for you guys. And Craig would be an awesome dude. And he's somebody who I don't think of for Geekscape because he doesn't live in LA. He's up in the Bay Area working in video games. So he's never been a Geekscape guest because I used to do the show in person. Now yeah, you can do it. Look at that. Seeing the show. Thank you, Craig, quarantine. You're going to come on. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, virus. Yeah. Thanks, virus. I, I should have Craig on the show to talk about what's going on in Star Wars. He's a, he's a big geek and I scared the shit out of him when we met because he was like, so you like Monkey Island? And he and I was like, oh yeah. And then like 30 minutes later, he's like, stop. Just did he stop. work on Grim Fandango? Oh, I wish he did. I think he just worked on the remasters. For oh, the okay. He worked on a couple of the Star Wars games that happened, but Grim Fandango I think was too long ago. But I, you know me, I love those adventure games. Yeah, yeah. They're awesome. Uh, full throttle, all of them. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. You gotta love Day of the Tentacle. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, guys, let's get some plugs in. Then let's get some dinner in. Not together, obviously, social distancing. <laughs> but you guys have been awesome joining me here on Geekscape. Uh, what do we got as far as uh, uh, plugs? Um, we've talked to – what is that? You dog fighting over there, you hoodie? You yeah, do you dog? hear my dogs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, not only do I hear your dog, I want to put $20 – on the brown one, okay. Can we do that? I mean, yeah, the, the white one is uh, more vicious for sure. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you would say that you were betting against me, so I'm going to stick with the brown right, one. Right, yeah, I want yeah. twenty down. Yeah, yeah. What? I'll bet on. Uh, I'll bet on virtual dog fighting. It's basically what we do when we play Pokemon, right? That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're just we're just training them up and making them fight each other. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, who do you, uh, talk a little bit more? I'll give you a good buzz. Yeah, yeah. Go to supermercadostore.com. That's where you can get all my stuff. My new one is Fun, Fun, Fun World, Aliens in a Theme Park. And then I also got Saifu, Rocket Salvage, Hero Hotel, and uh, Buffalo Speedway. Okay, okay. Uh, And those are all up. Geekscape is at supermercadostore.com. And you can follow me on Instagram. At Supermercado Comics. Okay. 
Okay, well, I think I think we can work that out. I think we can work that out. Uh, Brian and Barbara, what is going on over there at Fanbase Press? Sure, I would encourage folks to go to fanbasepress.com. We've got links to all of our stores, whether it be uh, printed comics that you're looking for, or if you're looking for digital comics via Comicsology. Um, but uh, as we mentioned earlier, highly encourage people to check out the Kinsey, the definitive bilingual edition hardcover. Uh, it's great for uh, young readers. It's great for uh, schools and librarians. Uh, it's really fun for everybody. Um, but uh, if you're not looking for comics right now and you just want some free content to keep you busy, uh, we've got loads of content, reviews, interviews, editorials, podcasts, everything at uh, fanbasepress.com. Okay. Okay. I think we can make this work. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for having yeah. us. You guys seeing you guys. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yes. You. Yeah. It's fun, right? This is yeah. fun. Yeah. I love you. Uh, Barbara and Bryant, I love you. And Geeks gave us, I love you. Thanks for watching the show. Thanks for being part of it. Uh, if you were watching live and commenting, that always helps because you know what? I'm trying to lay the track while the train is coming. And I'm like, what do we talk about next? Oh my God. Uh, why don't we talk about what you guys want to talk about? That means you guys being part of the show live and commenting. And that helps me out a whole lot. So I don't have a schedule yet, but I want to make a schedule so that you guys know when Geekscape's popping up on YouTube or the Facebook Live or the Twitch or the Periscope, and you guys can watch. If you don't watch live and you just listen to the podcast, hey, you've been our bread and butter for over a decade, and I'm so grateful for you guys. I can't wait until we can hug each other again, maybe at Comic-Con next year. Or I don't know how long the social distancing thing's going to go. So maybe hop on and send me an email at jonathanandgeekscape.net. And you can be like, hey, I got a webcam. Can I come on Geekscape? And then I can give you a virtual hug right now uh, over the internet. <laughs> we can do that. I don't know. Let's try weird stuff out. It's fun. And this is new. And uh, I don't really know how this is all going to end. But I just know I got to keep going or I'll go crazy. Uh, Makes sense? I love you guys. Or as Wizard of Video Games says from uh, Canada on Twitch, just a big heart emoji. That is for all of you guys. I love you guys. I'm Jonathan. Subscribe to Geekscape if you haven't already. And if you guys are watching on like YouTube, I think there's a little bell icon you can hit. lets you know when I'm going live. Twitch probably has the same thing. I haven't figured it out yet. It kind of scares me. And I know Facebook always pops up when I'm going live. It sends you a little bit of a notification. Subscribe to Geekscape. Share Geekscape. We built it for you guys. It's yours. Uh, I just pay the bills. So I love you guys. And until next time, Geekscape forever. I'm Jonathan. I'm out. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.